Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Hi, everybody, and welcome back for episode 72 of Lymphedema Podcast. Joining me again today is Caroline from Juzo, and we're going to answer 10 common questions from lymphedema patients. This is going to be a rather short and sweet episode, so make sure you have your pen and paper so that you can take some notes, and also be sure to visit the website for Juzo that's on the sponsor page as well as the resource page for Lymphedema Podcast if you want to learn more about anything specific that Caroline and I talk about today based on the Juzo products. And again, I just want to reiterate, I know it's in the intro, but we're not offering medical advice and our answers today are based on our personal and my professional experience. Caroline, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. Great to be back with you. Thanks. All right. So we just have 10 questions we're going to cover. And first up, the question is, how do you take care of garments? Wow, that is um, a really good question because there remains to be a lot of confusion about that topic. So first off, I will say that every manufacturer has their own um, idea of how you should take care of a compression garment, but I'm gonna share with you how to take care of Juzo's medical compression garments. So um, the first thing that I would recommend is that you get a garment bag um, to protect your investment. So Juzo sells a garment bag. You could use a pillowcase or you could go to the dollar store. Whatever the case may be, just make sure that you use something to protect your investment. And then the next thing that's really important is that we all know that lymphedema patients are at a higher risk of getting an infection. So it's extremely important that the garment is laundered um, every single time that you use it. So you should absolutely be putting a clean garment on. Um, there's a lot of dead skin cells and debris that can get trapped in the garment and you don't wanna put that against your skin. So um, we wanna make sure that when you are washing the garment, you put it in that garment bag and then you're gonna put it into the washing machine on that low temperature setting and you'll use a detergent that doesn't have additives. So we have a detergent at Juzo that you can use, but you can go ahead and just get any detergent as long as it doesn't have um, any bleach, fragrance, or softening agents. So any of those things can compromise the efficacy of the garment. So you definitely want to use something that doesn't have additives. So um, Dreft is a really good choice. 
And Tide just came out with a new plant-based uh, detergent. Just make sure you're not using anything that has the dirty three, fragrance, bleach, and softening agents. Then this is where a lot of people I think get surprised. Um, we want your compression garment to go into the machine and get dried. Um, our product has memory threads and the only way they can go back into place and have their original efficacy is by hitting a heat source. So we do not recommend air drying our product it should go into the dryer and get dried on the low temperature setting. And remember, no dryer sheets. Awesome. So I think what I'm going to do is after each section, I'm just going to do like a little review because I was making notes. Um, so how to manage or how to take care of your Juzo garments. Use a garment bag. Wash after each use. Use a free and clear detergent. So no dirty threes. You said it was fragrance, bleach. And softening agents. And softening agents. And use the actual dryer. Don't air dry, but use the machine dry on low heat. Yep. Awesome. All right. Question number two. I feel hot in my garment. What can I do? Okay. We hear that one a lot as well. So first and foremost, make sure that you are in a garment that has covered elastomers. So what that means is instead of having just the bare compression threads against the skin, you want to make sure that the manufacturer has um, covered those elastomers. And you probably wouldn't be able to know without asking the manufacturer or doing a little bit of research. So at Juzo, we do a process called FiberSoft, where we take the tiny, tiny little bare elastomers and we double coat them two times around. It's a really intricate and um, time-consuming process, but we do that because it provides a lot of benefit to the patient. Um, and first and foremost, it's going to make the wearing experience a lot cooler. So if you think about it, if you put a bare elastomer against your skin, then that's going to be sort of like um, the same if you have on a pair of shorts and you sit in an automobile without air conditioning um, and it's vinyl seats. You're gonna have an ucky, hot, sticky feeling. Mm -hmm. But if, exactly. But if you um, are working with uh, fabric that the elastomers are coated, then you have a barrier between somebody's skin and those elastomers. And what that's gonna do is allow air to permeate or circulate more freely. And it's also going to really just uh, prevent that ucky, hot, sticky feeling. So that's number one. Find out you know which products within each manufacturer's line are bare elastomers and which are covered. And I will say that all of the lymphedema products that Juzo carries, um, all of the threads are covered. So you're going to be working with that fiber soft technology. The second thing you can do is at Juzo, we have an option where you can have a hundred percent silver fibers knit right into the compression garment. And that's a really awesome uh, option that you can have added onto any of our four main lymphedema fabrics. So that is an option. And by using silver, silver just naturally helps to pull heat away from the body and it's also moisture wicking. So silver is just a great idea to use if you really are having trouble feeling hot or sweaty. It's really nice too if you're an exerciser to use a silver garment when you're exercising as well. 
Awesome. So the two tips for feeling hot in garments, get a Juzo garment, which all the lymphedema products you said, all the lymphedema garments have FiberSoft um, where the elastomers are covered. And you also have the silver option because the silver in those garments pulls away heat and it is all moisture wicking. And it's antimicrobial. Isn't that correct with silver? Yeah. So the four main, yeah, you're right. So the four main um, features of silver, it's antimicrobial, heat dissipating, moisture wicking, and anti-odor. So that's a pretty good recipe for a lymphedema patient. I mean, I feel like anyone who lives in, you know, the Southern States or Florida or somewhere that's yeah. warm and hot, yeah. hot and humid, that's, <laughs> you would probably need that silver option. Yeah. Certainly. Is exercise safe for lymphedema patients? And if so, what kind is good? I'll be happy to help answer with this one whenever you give us um, your opinion there. Sure. Okay. I think that's great. So unfortunately, I think there's still a lot of confusion surrounding the topic of exercise for lymphedema patients. And I think the reason for that is because um, up until 2011, we really didn't have research that really showed us that exercise is indeed safe for breast cancer-related lymphedema patients. But um, the American Lymphedema Framework Project did a systematic review in 2011 where they looked at 21 different citations. And in that review, they found that exercise does not put someone at a higher risk of developing lymphedema or making it worse. So that really has changed a lot of our thoughts. And we've seen a huge paradigm shift, um, including with the National Lymphedema Network, who revised their position statement in 2013. So relatively speaking, this topic of exercise is kind of new. It's a new way of thinking in the last 10 years. So now we know that exercise is indeed um, something that should be a part of lymphedema management. And I really love, um, I love to tell people, you know, go back to doing what you did before your health crisis. Just take it slow and steady and get your uh, physicians okay. And I also think it's a really good idea to um, continue on with remedial exercises, even when you do get back to your new normal. What do you think about that, Betty? So I agree 100%. The only thing that I would clarify maybe is that you need to be wearing compression oh, when yeah. doing some of your exercise, um, which some people are like, you know, should I wear my, my garment? Should I not wear my garment? Um, you know, even with swimming, should I wear my garment if I like to do pool exercises or if I have open water that I can get into wherever they live? Um, and I'll talk first about the swimming. Most people do wear their compression in water, but you don't have to. It does give you that extra layer, but it also makes it a little bit more difficult to get off. And you kind of run the risk of some chafing or a little bit of irritation because of the, the wet fabric. But back in one of my interviews with Cam Ayala, he um, gave us a little 
science lesson about buoyancy and how pretty much for every foot of water you're in, that's 10 millimeters of mercury. So if you are submerged into a pool of water and say it's lower extremity lymphedema and you're at like the six foot into the pool, you're getting like 60 millimeters of mercury pressure externally on your body from that buoyancy in the water. And it's gradient because it's deeper at the bottom and more shallow towards the top. So that pressure is gradient, much like your compression garment. It's probably a little bit harder to go and stick your arm down in the six foot end of the pool and get compression up without being, you know, upside down on your head. Um, so he recommended for anyone with upper extremity lymphedema, go to Academy or um, some other sporting goods store and get a um, little swimming nozzle. I mean, I don't know the word for it, but um, a little mouthpiece that you can breathe with and some goggles or something. And you can kind of like go a little bit deeper in the water and you can get that pressure on your arm. But when it comes to just general idea of exercise, aerobic exercise, biking, weightlifting, um, any of that stuff, yoga, do it. I just always say do it, wear your compression, ease into it, and follow more likely the guidance of your lymphedema therapist. Um, physicians sometimes are hesitant. There are still so many physicians out there who say like after breast cancer surgery and recovery, not to exercise, don't lift over your head, don't carry anything over 10 pounds. And that's just an outdated practice. It's, it's not supposed to be that way anymore. We have um, evidence and those studies that show that you can go back to living a healthy and active lifestyle and really your lymphatic system will thrive and benefit from that activity and exercise. So I completely agree with the NLN position statement and those studies that were um, concluded by the ILF that summarizes that it's safe. Um, I echo that to all of my patients and anyone who ever asks me about exercise, go in slowly, wear your compression garment, and just take your time to ease back into it. But you can get back to, I mean, even intense exercise, weightlifting. There are models, or not models. Um, the PAL. Yeah, that, you know, they they show you how to get into that exercise and how to, like, increase um, as you go. So, I mean, I think I've said enough on that. I agree. We should be exercising <laughs> and encouraging that for our patients who have lymphedema. I have a really awesome quote um, from Katherine Schultz, who is um, one of the reasons that we have that fantastic evidence um, through the PAL trial about weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And I love it. It's a great analogy. She says, I believe cardiac rehab is a great analogy. Let's say you have damage to the heart muscle because of a heart attack. Well, that those damaged cells are never coming back, but the more you strengthen the rest of the heart through exercise, the smaller the chance of a problem down the line. I love that. So true. And the lymphatic system works off of a muscle pump. It doesn't work off of your heart pump like your blood and circulatory system does. So the more you're active and moving, the more you're moving that fluid out. I, I mean, it, it it's a hand in hand situation. Um, Exercise is good for lymphedema patients. All right, let's see. I think that's our summary there. The quote, <laughs> and exercise is good. There's our summary. <laughs> lymphedema podcast is supported by Bryland's Feet Foundation, 
Juzo, Medi USA, and the National Lymphedema Network. Learn more about our sponsors by visiting the website, lymphedemapodcast.com, and listen to their episodes while you're there. Can diet help manage symptoms for lymphedema? Okay, this is one of my favorite topics um, because I think that a lot of people don't realize that lymphedema and lipedema are both inflammatory diseases. So it's chronic inflammation. And um, there is a lot of evidence showing that what you choose to put in your mouth, what you're eating, putting into your body can either fuel that chronic inflammation or it can help fight it. So unfortunately, our standard American diet is um, really laden with a lot of things that really will um, move that inflammation in the wrong direction. So if you think about it, we live in a fast paced society. You know, lots of times people are just go, 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 go. They're going to the drive through, you know, getting McDonald's or they're you know, reaching for things that are really quick and easy to make. And unfortunately, those are the things that will exasperate that chronic inflammation. We don't want to do that. So there's an awesome book. Um, it's a guide, a nutrition guide. It's a, called the Lymphedema and Lipedema Nutrition Guide. And the authors of that uh, particular guide are thought leaders in the field of lymphology and lipedema. And they suggest that uh, a person that has lipedema or lymphedema should really try to go on more of a whole food plant-based uh, lifestyle. Um, not to say that you have to eliminate animal products altogether, but um, the guide shows meal plans, recipes, and other great ideas on how you can kind of get started choosing to put foods into your lifestyle that will fight that chronic inflammation instead of feed it. I agree 100% on that. Um, a lot of times I'll talk to my patients about diet and it sounds very like parental, like don't eat this, don't do that. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I, I don't mean, I tell them all the time, like, hey, I need to take my own advice. Um, there was a time when I was vegan and super well disciplined and that is not my life right now but I do know that when I was healthier eating when I was vegan and I wasn't putting in a lot of these inflammatory substances into my body I felt better than I feel today like I wake up every day now with a new little ache going on and I'm like what is this this is um, yeah so that is a great book um and I will even link this um you guys can't tell, but me and Caroline are doing this in video. Um, you're just going to get the audio, but I will link that book. I actually have it as well. Um, and I can't pronounce her name. I'm sure it's probably easy. Jean Lamontia. She is a dietitian uh, in Canada, and she has uh, a book also called like the Lymphedema Nutrition Guide. Um, and it is also Whole Foods. Um, low or no sodium, low and no carb. Um, and by carb, I mean like the bad stuff, like white bread, fast food breads, um, potatoes, French fries, and things like that. There are good healthy carbs out there like um, long grain rice, brown rice, things like that, quinoa. 
um, that are good for you that are more grains than just carbs. Um, but I always tell people, you may not know it, but dairy is a big um, inflammatory agent when it comes to our diet. So it increases our mucus. So I don't know if I remember when I was a kid and I would get sick and I'd be like, I want milk or I want ice cream or something. And mom would be like, no, that's going to make you cough more. You have fever. It's going to increase your mucus. I don't know why I feel like I needed to tell you that, but um, <laughs> See, that's, what, knows best. that's what uh, it kind of, I was like, okay, scientist, my mom said that once, so it must be right. <laughs> um, that and then fatty foods, fried foods cause an inflammatory process, pretty much anything that's packaged because it has preservatives in it and chemicals um, that our body isn't supposed to really be processing, those cause an inflammatory response. Um, but I would like to go ahead and say some things that you can do to help decrease and combat that inflammatory process. Of course, cutting those out and having a more whole plant-based diet is really good. Um, cherries have an inflammatory and anti-inflammatory property as well as turmeric. So some people will make um, like turmeric eggs if you do scrambled eggs or something in the morning, um, when I'm cooking or baking, I'll throw a little turmeric in there um, just for fun, you know, just, I mean, you can't exactly, it is sometimes strong, but I use the turmeric powder and it's not too overbearing. Um, turmeric shots, you can do ginger, apple cider vinegar, lemon, cinnamon, honey, and turmeric. And that is like a power shot for anti-inflammatory. So these are all just some extra little tidbits. Um, but about diet, the question, the summary is, yes, your diet can help to manage your lymphedema symptoms. It will decrease the inflammatory response that your body is going through. Um, and when you really learn about the exchange and how fluids are passed and why um, there is more swelling or fluid at some points, compared to others in the day, you'll see that it has a lot to do with our diet. So steady, good water intake, low sugar diet, um, low dairy, things like that, that will help to decrease that inflammatory process. One uh, little tip I have is um, get yourself one of those pit water pitchers that have in a little uh, place where you can put infusions in. And I chop up fresh ginger and I throw in a little bit of fresh mint and squeeze a couple of lemons. And that is a power punch for in, um, fighting inflammation. And it's tasty, too. That sounds really good. I'm actually writing that now. Lemon, ginger, and mint. Yep. Fresh chopped ginger. It's so good. It's like you're, it's like you're drinking a fancy cocktail, but it's just water. <laughs> Yum. All right. So how long does the garment last? So for Juzo, and I think this is pretty standard in the industry, a garment should give you about six months of a lifespan. However, we do recommend that when you purchase um, a product, uh, you want to at least get one to wash and one to wear. So ideally, you're going to get two garments at the same time. So if you're wearing those garments, you know, every other day, then you're actually going to get double the life because you're not wearing it every day. So the reason 
the garment doesn't have a shelf life. It's really about the elastomers. So the more you wear it, um, you know, the more you're wearing those elastomers out. So if you just have one garment, you're going to get about six months. But if you do my advice and you get two, one to wash, one to wear at the same time, then you should get about a year out of um, the, the use out of those garments. Okay. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to throw in my own question here, but this is more of a patient. This is something a patient had told me once and it has stuck with me. <laughs> um, and just heads up to anyone listening right now, we are not going to get an answer. I'm sure from Caroline, because this is probably outside of her um, zone, but a patient asked me once, she said, I order these lower extremity Juzo garments and I get a pair. Well, her, it was a family member, a relative of hers was also coming to therapy for upper extremity lymphedema after breast cancer. She said, my leg garments are bigger than my, than my sister-in-law's arm garments. How come when I order, I get a pair. She has two arms, but she only gets one arm sleeve in her arm order or whatever she called it. And I was like, you know, that's a pretty good question because you would think it would take a lot more material to make two, like a pair of two legs to wear. And when you order legs, you get a wash and wear if you only have a single leg with lymphedema. But what's the deal? I mean, is that something that Juzo has considered? Um, or is this just something that is puzzling me and her? We're like, wow, it does make sense. Well, I can help you out with that question. Um, so what you have to understand is that for lower extremity, anything that you're ordering um, like as a standard size for lower extremity, that's also going to be a solution for vascular patients. So for a vascular patient that has like say vein disease, tired, achy legs, or maybe they, you know, whatever, they have some swelling, um, they're gonna need um, bilateral, right? They're gonna need to have a pair of socks. So to reduce the SKUs or the amount of inventory that, um, uh, brick and mortar, like a home medical equipment uh, supplier, you're going to want to try to consolidate as much as you can. So for upper extremity, um, for a lymphedema patient, as you know, if you have lymphedema in your right arm, it doesn't necessarily mean you have it in your left arm. So, right. um, so that's, that's really the long and short of it. Um, it's just that the lower extremity um, standard sized products are definitely um, a vascular product as well as a lymphedema product. And we would have to adjust the price if we only sold, uh, you know, if we only sold one knee high um, and then that's your, your price for your arm sleeve would be adjusted if it came as a pair. So that's why, but when you're ordering custom, that's made specifically for you. So that's why, you know, you just get one knee high and one arm sleeve if you're ordering a custom solution. Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. Um, especially for custom versus off the shelf, ready-made stuff. Um, but I, I do always just remember when she was like, why do I get two for my legs? And she only gets one for her arm. Cause I think whenever, and I think I had explained it, but when she got her arm, her sister-in-law got her arm sleeve and she was like, wait, but you got two legs and I only got one arm. She's like, I, I need two. Um, so I yeah. just remember that scenario because they both were coming to therapy and they came at me and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have nothing to do with this. No. Okay. 
So this question was, how long does the garment generally last? And the general answer is about six months. And we do recommend um, buying a wash and a wear to extend the life of that garment. Um, and as a CLT, we generally try to refit or remeasure or assess the fit of your garment every six months or so, so that we can order you new ones if needed. Um, if you're doing bandaging or something like that, or you have like a night garment you're wearing, every six months we tend to like to look into that. Um, no later than a year, because after that you've had a lot of wear and tear. Your body volume could have changed, gained weight, lost weight, swelling, you know, a lot of things happen in a year. So six months is the general answer for that. Hey everyone, my name is Marina with Ultra Therapy Solutions. We are a therapy staffing agency based out of Dallas. We are the largest lymphedema home health staffing agency in all of Texas. Our agency is known for our specialty like lymphedema, vestibular therapists, big and loud, as well as the greatest PTs, PTAs, OTs, CODAs, as well as MFW and RNs. Our service area includes Dennis and Sherman, down to Waco, east through Longview, and as west as Abilene, and everything in between. If you're a lymphedema therapist or a therapist interested in getting lymphedema certified, please feel free to contact me at our agency at marina at ultratherapysolutions.com. We offer PRN, part-time, and full-time caseloads, as well as benefits for all of our full-time employees. And currently, we've got an immediate caseload availability. If you are a patient within these areas looking for lymphedema home health, please feel free to contact us at 214-699-1296. We can always assist you in finding lymphedema therapists in your area. Also, if you're looking to connect and get all to the up-to-date news of what's happening with Ultra Therapy Solutions, please make sure to follow us on Facebook. This is very helpful for me. Always hearing um, what Juzo has to offer for patients and just kind of what is out there that there's so much to keep up with that I think these conversations with us, Caroline, are really informative and they're focused. And so you can really get a lot of information at once. So be sure to check out the Juzo website that's linked in the post today, as well as their sponsor page on the podcast website. And if you are looking for them on social media, you can find um, them also. I think they're Juzo USA on Instagram. Tune in next week for the other half of these questions. Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about 10 common lymphedema patient questions. Part one, email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.